You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center. This is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to pitch bad movies and share bad. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is the Nerd Index. Time goes in, time goes out. Never miss communication. It's over 9,000. My name is Foxy. The balls are in there. Hey everybody, my name is Dara Connor. Thank you for checking out Nerd to Know Media. And this is our Dublin Comic Con 2023 Spring Edition panel, The Trial of J.J. Abrams. Um, we had a great time at the panel, we really did. Thank you to everybody that came along. Uh, I know it was early, it was 11am. Uh, so we appreciated seeing so many faces there. We had a great turnout. And, uh, you know, if this if you're checking out uh, this this podcast, basically, because of that show, again, thank you so much. Let us know. NerdToKnowMedia.com is where you can contact us, and there's a ton of shows there as well. We want to say thank you to Geek Ireland and to Dublin Comic Con for having us. A shout out to Olivia, who is just the best. We, we always feel great uh after these panels and it's, it's it's always great to be welcome back so yeah hopefully now in summer we'll be back with a, with another panel we don't know what it is yet so uh obviously do check out the social media and uh subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already for news and all that kind of stuff um a production note we've wanted to kind of up our production game with these panels um you know we used to just put a record in the room and and that would be it but now we've actually like tried to aim for uh, basically an on-location podcast show and that's what you guys can expect when you come to our panels as well it's not only death by powerpoint or whatever but it is an interactive podcast experience and that's kind of what we aim to do so this is the first show where i i believe we've actually done that and you'll be able to hear that in the quality where you know everyone is mic'd up the crowd is mic'd up as well and you know everyone who wants to be on a show basically is on the show so again if this is your first time checking us out thank you so much uh thank you for coming to the panel if this is if you're a regular listener again thank you so much the show wouldn't be anything without you guys we're here every saturday on phoenix 92.5 fm and we have over uh, about 150 odd shows and then there's the wrestling rewind as well and that's 140 shows all for free over on nerdtonomedia.com. So thank you so much, guys. Enjoy the trial of J.J. Abrams. We run a radio show out of Phoenix 92.5 FM in the Blanchardstown area. Uh, we're also online and all those wonderful things. Uh, as I just said a minute ago, this will be recorded. So just in case there's anyone who, like, kind of wouldn't want to be recorded online that's totally fine but there will be audience interaction segments as well so if you want to get involved that's totally fine yes this is a threat <laughs> yes uh why don't we kind of introduce ourselves say a little bit about ourselves yeah oh, so oh. i'm going to pass to the incredibly threatening woman on my right hello i am mannequin blue um the resident naysayer of the group i think is fair <laughs> Usually I hate everything, which is fine. That that is both harsh criticism and like a very high bar to clear. Yeah, yeah. But t- today we're being impartial because I actually haven't seen any of the new Star Wars movies, bar the first twenty minutes of the seventh one, and That's then I was the kind bored. Of audience interaction we're looking for, by but the way. In my defense, they did tell me not to watch any of them because they're going to try and win me over to their side, and they want me to be impartial. So I did offer to watch them. <laughs> that that's me <laughs> excellent sure uh we'll do the judges first i suppose so why don't you go next yeah my name is uh kev and uh i'm judging because i i'm so tired <laughs> <laughs> and i just i haven't the heart for discourse <laughs> and yet so, you're a panelist and yet i'm a pa- <laughs> and yet here i am 
Um, would would you so, like to show off your props you have in your hand there as well? We have. We. I'm still trying to figure out a good use for it outside of fanning myself. But yeah, um, yeah we have we have yes, no, and eh, markers. So I, I'm sure I'll find a good use for these across the across the day. But I will be here, kind of keeping these two in line. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know what I do to deserve that. Oh, <laughs> fair. Um, keep it PG so thirteen. Keep, keep it PG. Okay. Okay. See, um, see, I'm cringing, but you're making my job real easy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we should probably start. We should probably you start. haven't introduced yourself. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I'm uh, I'm Daryl Connor. I'm going to be the prosecution today. Uh, again, we do a podcast called Near to Know Basis on NearToKnowMedia.com. Uh, we have prizes as well, so if you guys do want to say anything, Katie's going to be the one to talk um, to go to because she has both the mics. And uh, yeah, so we have a bunch of things to do as well. Basically, the team of the panel today is the trial of J.J. Abrams, um, mainly around Star Wars, but also Star Trek and anything else he corrupted. Yeah, uh, well, yeah I, you so know what? Actually, I'm glad you brought that up. That seems like a good place to start because I'm very aware that some people like don't know anything about J.J. Abrams and some people like hate him so much they know his postcode and stuff. So we'll just do a very brief <laughs> overview, which is that J.J. Uh, Abrams is American film director. He's worked on Lost, uh, he, the rebooted Star Trek film, which we have on the table here, uh, two of the newer Star Wars, The Force Awakens, which is episode seven, and The Rise of Skywalker, which is episode nine as well as sort of like producing and collaborating on a lot of other things. So this is going to be a lot about the newer films, but it's also going to be about stuff he's done as well. So it's going to be a little bit freeform, but if you have any questions at any point, don't be afraid to ask. We don't want anyone to get left behind. So, oh, and by the way, I never got an introdu introduction. My name is Kian, and I'm going to be the helpless defense today. Sorry, sorry for interrupting <laughs> you there, there. Objection. No, <laughs> Objection. Abstained. <laughs> So basically, the way this is going to run, guys, it's, it's a little bit different to the way the panels we normally do it. Kev's going to be the one leading because he's the main judge. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to stop talking and hand it over to you. Yeah. Um, well, I suppose, yeah, court is now in session. Uh, we <laughs> <laughs> we oh, were going we, to we cosplay, but we just didn't. We forgot to get gavels. Yeah, we forgot to get gavels. Right? <laughs> we're using our hands. God's gavels. <laughs> um <laughs> Well, yeah, Kean kind of put it pretty succinctly. Um, let's start with let's start with the opinions from the jury, from the uh, the defense, the prosecution about J.J. Abrams before Star Trek or before Star Wars, as it were. Uh, we'll start with the defense. We'll start at a good foot. Okay. Now I have notes, <laughs> which I printed on a printer. Because we're professionals. Oh. <laughs> I have a laptop as well. That, that was my Let the record show <laughs> that the opposition uh, also has notes. Okay. All right. So, um, basically, I suppose I kind of covered it there in the intro. But in researching J.J. Abrams before this panel and all that kind of stuff, the thing that kind of jumped out at me before kind of all the Star Warsy stuff and before he got his reputation as being the guy who makes shiny things shine or whatever you'd call it. Lens flare. That, yes. <laughs> Blinding <laughs> lights. That, he's actually like a hugely creative and like influential in the best way in filmmaking. Like because he's done as much work for other people as he does for himself. Like we've got Cloverfield on the table and Cloverfield is a brand where he'll find a director or like someone who hasn't been discovered yet and he'll finance giving them a chance. Cloverfield was the first film of Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves directed The Batman last year. So, you know, there's not one without the other. Same goes for like loads of actors and composers like Michael Giacchino. He helped launch Lost, uh, Fringe, Alias, all these big things. Like even the rebooted Star Trek, like whatever you say about Discovery and Picard and all that kind of stuff, he started off on a strong foot and same goes for Mission Impossible 3. He did, like, he got that whole thing going, still producing the films. Like, Star Wars, he created it, like, recreated it. Some uh, other things happened. He came back and fixed it. So he's someone who, like, is very big on supporting others and doing super wholesome stuff. Like, the only thing I could find that was all his written, directed, produced was Super 8, which I watched last night, and it's basically Stranger Things before Stranger Things. It's amazing, super heartwarming. If the 80s buzz had been there when it came out, it probably would have been a huge hit. So, yeah, I'm going to make the case that Abrams is, like, 
super, super like positive and supportive of other people. He does great work himself, and he does he's done loads of things that actually he doesn't take enough credit for. Like, for example, did you know he was on the team that came up with the design for the characters in Shrek? You'd never know that because he doesn't talk about it on Instagram or anything. Oh, great. We can blame him for Shrek as yeah, love. Yeah. Shrek, Shrek is love. Shrek he is started life. it. Shrek is not Someone a good thing to bring up. <laughs> made a mess okay, of it, you know? Uh, okay, 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 wait, 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 wait. I, I am going to... I am Prince going to... of Egypt came out and then Shrek came out and then animation fell off a cliff, so... That's a whole other thing, can I just say? <laughs> that that's what that is a whole made. other thing. That's what DreamWorks made before Shrek came out was Prince of Egypt. So, so actually, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna close oh, off. We're also, gonna, Ants. We're gonna close off. <laughs> Ants was great. We're gonna close <laughs> off Keen's opening statement there. Sure. Uh, Dara, J.J. Abrams before Star Wars. I mean, the thing about J.J. Abrams is he did revive our franchises. Mm. A bad robot, but the production company is quite good. Um, on the whole, like I really like the new Mission Impossible movies. Uh, the third one is fantastic, and they've been great ever since. Uh, Alias was really good, although it went on for like far too long and introduced the concept of a mystery box, which we'll get into. Um, Super 8 is brilliant. Genuinely, if you haven't seen Super 8, it is fantastic. Um, but it's, it's a small, self-contained story. And I think once he has a clear kind of plan and it's not an overarching franchise that has to have a payoff or answers, then it's fine. The problem with J.J. Abrams, even in the early days, was when he had to do anything that had follow through, it just fell apart. And we started seeing that very early on with Alias, where it went on for years and years and years, and then it all wrapped up in the last two or three episodes of the show. So there was warning signs there. And what's interesting before Star Wars as well, um, in the notes here, Red Letter Media actually did mention, you know, because of the whole prequel hate, and I think that's you know, to get into Star Wars early. The prequel hate is fair um, to an extent, particularly episode two, but Red Letter Media said J.J. Abrams would be great based on his work before actually seeing what that looks like and particularly after the new Star Trek, which I'm not I'm not a Trekkie, so I have no attachment to it and I actually really liked his uh, first Star Trek. So, yeah, I would agree, but the problem was there was no planning. And that's where, when we get into a property, that's when the wheels start to fall off. So before Star Wars, yeah, I would have been like, let's give him a shot. We didn't foresee what a mess that would actually become. Okay. Good, good and succinct, Tara. Well, well done. <laughs> I'm a professional. <laughs> um, I, by the way, I'm seeing some arms folded uh, skeptically in the courtroom. Uh, if anyone at any point wants to interject, just put up your hand or anything like that. Again, it's not mandatory, but if you feel like saying something, you're more than welcome. Uh, sorry for interrupting there, Kevin. Dear Grant, I uh, just want to pass it over to, to Bailiff Blue. Um, <laughs> any, uh, any, any comments? <laughs> Ah, uh, jury's still out. Too soon to tell. <laughs> Good yellow mild. Well, that's, yeah. Jur- uh, let's just get a kind of a quick poll from the jury. How are we feeling about JJ right now? Like we like him? Sure. Things are, things are, thumbs up? That's fair. Okay. Before Star Wars, we got a long, hey. we, got a, we got a ride or die here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's, let's keep it, let's keep it running back a little bit. And let's talk about where Star Wars was before the reboots. Uh, we'll, we'll start again with Kian. Okay, so, uh, Dara very kindly alluded to it and made my life a lot easier, uh, but basically, it's important to remember that like the whole kind of feeling around Star Wars in, say, 20, 2009, 2010, like when YouTube was just starting to blow up and you had your like kind of websites like, say, that guy with the glasses and that kind of stuff, was that the prequels and Star Wars in general were like the internet's punching bag. How absolutely dare you bring Dud Walker into this room? (laughs) (laughs) He can leave if he wants. He will. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, it's Star Wars, even the Clone Wars was done. So, the actually, like, reviving Star Wars, like, you say it out, oh, obviously, like, you know, it's a license to print money. Not really. Looking into The Force Awakens, like, kind of, uh, the directors they approached, I, even though they're really good, a lot of them, I think, would have set Star Wars off on the wrong foot, like, you know, because, like, you had to sort of pacify all the people who liked the prequels, you had to get the people who didn't like them back, you had to sort of make it new for kind of young audiences, all that kind of stuff. It's a huge, huge task. And, like, it's fascinating actually going to the directors who they were considering before Abrams for Star Wars 7, which is they were going to go to David Fincher which I can't even imagine. Uh, did they Did they just 
retool the Lost Riders to be like oh, these guys. Yes. Yeah, oh, that's, it gets better. That's pretty much what they so, do. So yeah. you've got Brad Bird, who the, direct, the Incredibles is brilliant, but like his live action films kind of haven't really taken off. They went to John Favreau, who you know probably now we know would have done it. Been a but call. but been... again, I'm talking 2010, 2011 when it was just Iron Man and Elf. Just you know? Iron. Hold on, uh, hold on, hold on. Just <laughs> Iron Man. Just Iron Man. And uh, okay, Iron Man okay. too. <laughs> Objection. You'll, you'll, no, get your turn. you'll get your turn. I'm sorry. No, no, okay. uh, uh, Matthew Vaughn, who like apparently quit Days of Future Past to do Star Wars and then they dropped him like a hot potato. This is going to come up later. The Disney is really bad but their directors like, you know, for Star Wars. Allegedly. Uh, uh, <laughs> you, know, you can just watch them. Colin Trevorrow, Ben Affleck, Neil Blomkamp. Oh. Like, you read that list and you're like, they're cool. I can't see them making a film my three-year-old's going to come and see. You know? So, like, really, when you kind of break it down... Abrams is one of those filmmakers who it's easy to go, oh, shiny lights, da 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 da, crowd pleaser. But actually, he can get a shopping list of things from Disney of all people and make a film that is like really exciting, makes everyone happy, and like is still kind of exciting and unpredictable. And uh, yeah, where was this film? You've interrupted me twice. I'm, I'm going to interrupt I'm you twice. You're supposed to, uh, you're supposed to keep what I'm saying is, what I'm, I'm saying is, if <laughs> Star Wars Seven didn't stick the landing in that big way that made it the big box office hit, it was mm. you wouldn't have your Mandalorians and all that kind of stuff because they had to make back the money they paid George Lucas for <laughs> buying the rights. So Abrams is the reason we have Star Trek and Star Wars, and I honestly can't think of anyone else who would have managed to do that. Okay, grand. Uh, Dara. I apologize for interrupting. That's okay. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> no, you don't. No, don't. Objection. Uh, okay, well, look, the thing about it is, yeah, there was a lot of prequel hate, and it was, it was palpable, but... It was Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> he returned somehow. Um, <laughs> that's a line from the movie. It's we'll get to that. We will get to it. But no, I mean the thing about it was like, yeah, the prequels were uh, not received well by a lot of people. Now they are. It's weird. They have like a, a return. Uh, yeah, they, they kind of they achieve like, meme status, didn't they? Yeah, but yeah. I would argue the third one is probably the best one of the whole mm. series. But anyway, um, yeah, with Abrams, like, I don't think he was the best one to just be hand a blank check. And that's kind of what they gave him. And that's, that's the problem, really. He said, here you go. You can do what you want. Go for it. And instead of using Lucas's script, which he probably should have, um, which actually would have set up a lot, he just said, oh, let's just make the first, the, the fourth movie again. Wasn't his script, though, like Quantum Mania about no. them, like the tiny universe no, it, and stuff? It, it, no, it was actually pretty much the same as the movie we got, but completely... Uh, unique so I had the same plot beats where it was like uh, Han and Leia's child um, the dark side has come back and Luke is going kind of you know re-established right. Jedi Order so the, the bones of it were still there but all the interests and ideas were stripped away for what you know playing it really safe and that's the biggest criticism I think with that was everyone was like oh we need to bring it back it needs to be safe again and it wasn't it was just boring but the real issue was it, that would have been fine if it had just been boring it was that they established so much with the mystery box and with all these kind of ideas that were never paid off. And still to this Can day... Can I just remind you, we're still in the, in the before Star Wars bit. Yeah, I know, but, <laughs> no, but, no, but this is where we were. I remember when that movie came out, there's twice in my life I went to bed before 10 o'clock. The first one was when... Well, the first one was I was so angry at Star Wars was bought by Disney. And the second one was when I saw um, this the first uh, J.J. Abrams movie. Because I was just like... I. This is terrible. And the reason why is because, let's take all that aside, the expanded universe was there. We already had a 7, 8, and 9. It's called the Tron Trilogy. Yeah. And if you guys haven't read that, go read the Tron Trilogy. Yeah. It's amazing. It genuinely is. It has everything you could possibly want from a Star Wars sequel. So we didn't need a Star Wars Objection. sequel. Objection. That isn't an Abrams thing, though. That's no, a Disney Just, thing. just to no. interject, can you explain Thrawn for people who don't know Thrawn? Yeah, yeah so basically, um, it's, it, it follows on from um, Jedi, where it's a couple of years, I guess like five, six, seven, eight years, uh, down the line, and it um, picks up with Han and Leia's kids. If um, a new threat has arised, and the Empire is still kind of there, and it's it's them kind of fighting this new threat, and then you get um, the, pretty much the establishment of the entire EU is there. So that's what we had before. Abrams had to wipe that all away. Again, it no, hold on, hold on, hold on, yeah, hold on, no, hold on, I... hold on, let me finish. Yeah, it was a Disney mandate, 
And I was okay with it being wiped away if it had been replaced by something. Okay. Abrams was given, as I said, a blank check. The money wasn't an object and also no direction. He could have done anything and instead he played it really safe and literally undid the entire six movies beforehand. Do and you we'll expect to me to believe he was given no direction from Disney on what Did to do? Did you see the movies? Yes. Okay, now, I, okay. Okay, we are, we, okay, okay, hold on, hold on. It's getting because heated. Because there is one, just, there is one thing to note, actually, when I was looking through, uh, doing a bit of research on it, and it's that I noticed that the co-writer, uh, Abrams was, was one of the main screenwriters, the co-screenwriter was Lawrence Kasdan. No, no, he wasn't a co-screenwriter, he was to tighten the script up. He had no story ideas. He was just to make. You to expect make it me read. to believe they brought the writer of Empire Strikes Back on after yeah. all that? No, it was. Yeah, he was brought on to tighten things up. <laughs> to be That's honest, it seems was. more likely the reverse happened. No, 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 no. Uh, clearly not. And the thing about Lawrence Kasdan is, yeah, Grant, fair enough. He is a great screenwriter. And he wrote Empire, but at, at what point was there any kind of genius there? Well, no. The you point. Know? The point I was getting at was that he was brought on. To, I've, I get the feeling he was brought on to make it safer, to make it more palatable. Because mm, as Kean okay, had mentioned, Star Wars was a dying brand at the time. It's a dying brand it now. It needed, to, well, yes, but still. <laughs> but it needed to be. The only thing brought it back was Space Baby. Are you talking? You? <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've already been kind of touching on it then. So let's go, let's toss our minds back to 2015. The Force Awakens has just launched. Woo! <laughs> Keen's emphatically yeah. excited. Uh, now, just because I want to know how kind of how it's all going, like uh, as I said earlier, because I know people come in, this is an audience interaction panel. Why you have your kind of things there? Uh, hands up here, who's being swayed by Dara's? Like J.J. Abrams would have been the wrong person to bring on to Star Wars. Uh, hands up there, anyone? <laughs> and uh, hands up, who thinks he would have been the right choice back in 2014, 2015? Okay. Two, three. All right, still, still kind of split. Fair. Okay, fair. fair enough, fair enough. All right, so, and before I go, uh, Katie, you are the sort of, the fresh eyes in the room. Do you have anything to say about what you've heard so far? Jury's still out. Ah. <laughs> oh, the tension. Yep. You guys have to work really hard to convince me. Can we, can we get a t-shirt that just says jury's out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, let's let's kind of. I think we've we've already kind of dove into it. So let's let's get into the Force Awakens yeah, as yeah. as a JJ Avon project and what it's kind of meant for Star Wars so far. Yes, yes. Uh, so we kind of have been drawn into this anyway, but like Kev uh, kindly alluded to, um, basically, can you all still hear me? Is the microphone working? Yeah. Thank yeah. you. So as uh, the Honorable Kev alluded to, um, basically the the Force Awakens here. Woohoo! had a job of like basically rebuilding the Star Wars brand and bringing new people to it and bringing the old people back to it. So one thing Abrams, I'm glad, and I brought up Super 8 for this reason, one thing Abrams is really good at that I think a lot of directors aren't is he's very good at feelings. In every scene, he knows how to guide your emotions around the place. And you may find it boring, but that is a technical skill that he has compared to like the likes of Man of Steel or some of the Marvel things where your head is going, what, what, why are we here, why? No, he knows how to make you feel something. And people complain about the member berries and stuff, but that's what he does. He can get you to feel excited for Star Wars or Star Trek or whatever it is that he's working on. He's obviously a huge fan of Spielberg and Lucas, and he brings that quality to Star Wars, which, you know, love or hate the prequels, I like them personally. They are a bit sterile in terms of the emotional quality to them. So, like, he brings that to it, and he really brings back the excitement for it. He creates a whole new cast of characters and brings back the old ones kind of very organically. And, like... There are subtleties to it. Like, I was looking at a few videos on The Force Awakens and stuff. Uh, if anyone knows the YouTuber movies with Mikey, uh, he makes an excellent point on The Force Awakens, which is that in the opening scene, Poe Dameron shoots a stormtrooper. That stormtrooper dies. The stormtrooper's blood gets smeared on Finn. Finn gets his humanity. The two of them are friends. There's actually, now, it gets more murky as eight and nine go on, but there's a lot of tight, subtle stuff to the way all the characters are set up and where they're going. All the Kylo Ren and Rey stuff is there. And I actually want to allude back to, because I know it's going to come up, sort of putting all the Disney decisions at Abram's feet. I want to go to a quote, which I found about uh, Into Darkness, because, you know, Into Darkness came out, it's on the table here somewhere. 
there it is. Uh, we're hiding it strategically. No, it's um, here. Everybody in, can see it. Yeah. Uh, Into Darkness was a film which I like uh, and a lot of people don't, but he said this when Into Darkness came under fire and they were basically asking what went wrong and all that stuff. And he said that uh, it was a collection of scenes that were written by my friends and I was frustrated that I wasn't able to make it into a main story. Uh, I would say that because of me, the movie didn't end up working. I should have made some better decisions. And can I just say, what's wrong with Into Darkness is not the direction. But he stood up for the people who made questionable decisions and had their back. And he does that for Disney by coming back for episode nine. So they gave him loads of money. Yeah, well, sure, they gave him loads of money, but they, it, they pay him nothing more to say it's my fault in public, you know. So he's the guy who picks up the ball Disney drops. He's not the guy who Disney hands a blank check to and then he, like, throws it at a wall and makes a mess. So no, I fair. think Star Wars 7 is excellent for that reason. Okay, okay. that's fair. That's fair. Okay, yeah, no, Dara? Okay, Thoughts. so your point on Finn is interesting because, yeah, that's who should have been the main character of the new mm. Star Wars sequels mm. because it actually he has a character. But you said, okay, he gets his humanity and he sees his friend die. But then about 10 minutes later, he's gleefully gunning down his friends in a, in a Star Destroyer. <laughs> I mean... Aren't they did, a TIE fighter running from loads of other TIE fighters? But they were his friends. You know, so, and, then, and then later on, they established that most uh, stormtroopers in the sequel era are uh, basically slaves that were kidnapped as children. So, I mean... Which is it, JJ? Are we supposed to be happy that we're gunning them down or are we supposed mm. to feel for them? Because, I mean, that's, that's just one of the points there. So, yeah, there's a lot of things. And this goes back to the main problem with Episode 7. As a film, it's okay. You can watch it, your brain could turn off, and you'll be like, yeah, Star Wars, great, prequel's bad. Um, but then it, le it leaks in because there was no plan. They didn't plan this out. There was no big overarching story. There, I, I would ask anybody in the room, what is the story of the sequels? I don't know, because <laughs> they don't establish it, right? It, it could be four or five different things, and then at some point you think it's going to be something, and it's just not. Episode nine, uh, episode eight, actually, is the closest we get to a decent uh, idea. A lot of people hate Last Jedi, and I get that, but it actually takes risks and actually sets something up, which could have been paid off, and the next movie completely does it. We will get there. We will get there. <laughs> we will get there. Um, but there are several things set up in episode seven, that are just perplexing. Why is Luke on an island? It's a great island. Why is he on an island? Oh my, you Well, know. you have to come back later to no. find out. Uh, it's never explained. It's never explained. He runs away. And even uh, Mark Hamill has... His school is on, there. Hold on. Mark Hamill said that Luke Skywalker in the sequels isn't Luke Skywalker. He calls him Jake Skywalker. But that's the Ryan Johnson one. No, it's, okay, set, it's okay. set up. No, we're, 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 we're tangenting. We're tangenting. It's, it's set up. Um, also... Uh, the heroes are split up. It's not until much later on that we have a, a hero meet-up. With either one, we don't get to see Harrison Ford, uh, Carrie Fisher, or Mark Hamill together, ever, which is scandalous. Well, it's, I mean, that was circumstances kind of beyond their control. No, he, like. he, he, they, were all, they could have all been in the, in the, the seventh one together, mm. but they just weren't. Um, so that was a, a terrible decision. And then we don't really see our new heroes together at all until the night movie. Well, and, then, and, and they meet up like old friends, but they've never met. <laughs> There's actually a, a story behind that. And though, it wasn't like, sorry, it wasn't like they were on Zoom calls throughout the pandemic. They just never met. Mm. Like, they didn't even know each other. Yeah. You know? But um, again, that's a Ryan Johnson thing, because originally the main two characters were supposed to be Ray and Finn, and Poe was supposed to die. But J.J. Abrams saw, oh, this Oscar Isaac guy is great. I'm going to bring him back. So the reason they're all not met, it's not that like J.J. Abrams took these three and split them up. He saved one of them, and then in the next film he didn't direct, they were all separated. And that's not J.J. No, Abrams' No, thing. it is, because if you set up a movie and you're like, hey, this is the franchise I'm starting, um, but it, it is and it isn't, right? I see your point. There should have been some kind of oversight. Kathleen Kennedy, which we do have to mention. I, I know, was wondering where yeah, 20 minutes yeah. and finally uh, the name comes set up. Watches no, now. I, and I don't want to be the kind of, oh, she's the great evil, but she kind of is. Um, you know, that's true. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. But it, it's just her, her mishandling of it is 
it, it is self-evident, you know. And the thing about it is, it's like if she had have even had some kind of vision to follow, some kind of roadmap, some uh, post-its would have been fine, you know. Like, hey, we need them to get here, here, and here. Don't do this. None of that. It was like just, just go and and make your movie, bro. And then when someone actually did do it later on in eight, um, they had to walk it all back. And I think that's probably a good point to go back into because as seven can stand by itself, it does its job. I will give Keen that. Eight, actually, <laughs> eight was uh, a lot better because I was like, okay, cool, we're actually going somewhere. We're going to tell some kind of story. I don't know if you guys played Cult or two, Knights of the Republic two. Who's played it? What are you doing? <laughs> okay, Dara, you have fi- you. Dara, you have fifteen seconds. Okay, you're done. No, no, hold on. You have fifteen what? seconds to talk hold Kotor. On. No, no, hold we on. don't have time. We for do this. have time. Go. He's the judge. No, what are you on. doing? Go home and play Knights of the Old Republic two. I don't care what you have to do. Go and play it. It's the best Star Wars. Send him thing to ever. the principal's office. It's the He's best Star Wars thing ever. Play okay, it. no, 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 no absolutely not. Old man and, yells at cloud. No, and the reason why is because it actually tells the story that uh, episode, uh, the last Jedi was trying to tell, in in a version of the Star Wars lore and that kind of stuff. So do play it. It's the best bit of Star Wars media ever. Sorry, go on. Okay, I so. can't believe we're at a Star Wars panel. No one's played Kotor. Sorry. <laughs> No, may I say thank you to the audience, (laughs) don't mind them. Uh, So yeah, so where we're at, so I think before we get any murkier, let's let's get another poll. Uh, Bale of Blue, thoughts? I'm still not sure yet, to be honest. (laughs) Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. There's there's merit on both sides at the moment. (laughs) So I'm I'm still going to need some convincing. All right, okay. well, what about the, the audience then, if that's okay, Honourable Kev? Yeah, no, let's, <laughs> let's get a quick audience poll. Uh, from the perspective of The Force Awakens has just come out, we've seen JJ's work up until then, Force Awakens comes out. What's the thoughts? How, how were people feeling? Were people, were, hands up if you were feeling fairly positive after that, uh, after that movie. We got one, we got two, three, four, five. A fairly majority, I'd say, actually. Yeah. Okay, Force Awakens was a pretty positive experience. Yeah. So... <laughs> By the way, this would be Come a good chance to say If anyone up. has anything to say We did say this at the start If anyone would like to contribute uh, We do have a microphone And we have prizes And, and uh, you are more than welcome to say your piece It could influence the trial one way or the other So just, uh, just watch the language though. This will be played on the radio though That's all <laughs> I feel that not was amazing Like story wise mm-hmm. But did what was supposed to do it Give us a few carrots that uh, make us think what could be possible, and the second movie was possible to do something with them. So if we have some years without uh, Star Wars movies, mm-hmm. and if come back, I sh- I, in my belief, this was the best way to do it. Thank it, you. Was, to it was working as a great foundation. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. Excellent. Would you like to tell us your name, by and the way? It was a Disney movie, so it was the first time Disney produced something like this. Yeah. So was a good Disney movie yeah. with the writer that we know that Disney does and make possible new people like Star Wars. Great. Excellent. Yeah. Thank there you. you. That's a great point. Thanks Would so you? much. Sandra, yeah. my name is Sandra. Oh, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Would you like to take a prize out with you there? Thank you. Got him. Excellent. Thanks thank so you very much. Would anyone else like to say anything before we get into the next segment? Yeah, yeah. come on yeah. up. Come on up, you come. This is our witness section, by the way. <laughs> by the way, Coltor is on GOG for like five euro. Okay. By the way, turn off his mic. <laughs> it's also on the Switch. Yeah. It was, please, please. It was fun. When I watched that in the movies, it was fun. It was enjoyable. There was characters I liked. It, like, you're laughing during it. You're, you enjoyed it. Mm. And it did actually give us characters that I wasn't expecting to like mm. after the prequels. But turned out they were brilliant. And I, it was great. And then afterwards, they went off on a tangent about Ray and Kylo Ren, and it became an obsession about those two. And that mechanic just didn't work for me. Yeah. It was like, why is it suddenly all about them? Why does she suddenly want to save him and she doesn't know him? It was like you said a while ago, where they were friends. They were best friends, but they'd never met each other, never talked to each other. But they're hugging and smiling. And they kept trying to, from, from eight onwards, they were trying to shoehorn a friendship there that didn't really happen. 
So it kind of it. it kind of was a bit tell don't show kind of thing. Like yeah. is that what you're saying? Yeah, because like, you didn't see yeah. any of it. There was no development. Everything mm. happened off screen, mm. and it's weird because they're the shortest period. Um, the fir- the first two movies mm. happened within a day of each other. Yeah. which is crazy and the third one happens over 16 hours did you know that did you know episode 9 happens over 16 hours yeah that's nuts no, I, didn't I know, know, that I know yeah. right yeah. I learned it out. and you know where you learned that in the novel <laughs> if I was if in I was to make novel. one more yeah. oh god he read a yeah. book <laughs> I've read all the Star we, we've Wars we've got books. someone that's the problem <laughs> you're like comic book guy like going in to see The Phantom Menace four times even though he hated it on the same day <laughs> hold on a second as true as that might be <laughs> oh thank you very much Would yeah you what's your name it? again sorry uh, Jeff Alberton Jeff thank you very much Jeff help yourself here yeah lovely sorry, that's actually uh, technically comic book guy's name so ah. oh it is it is actually right. what were you going to say there Dar? Uh let's talk about I'm just conscious of nine. I'm, I'm, I'm let's talk, track. Let's talk about nine. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. That's. I, I'm, we're going to kind of glaze over the Last Jedi, mostly because to. there's no involvement. There's no me. involvement, and I think if we spend too much time on it, we're all just going to get really upset. Yeah, we got to go. She Michelle Gomez. She's not going to wait all weekend. Like, yeah. You know. So uh, because JJ Abrams didn't really have any hand in it, it's not going to be really relevant to this to yeah. this whole talk. Sorry, um, there's no shortage of Last Jedi thing pieces on YouTube. Don't worry. Yeah, no, if you go say, to anyone I, at this convention I, 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 and ask them their opinion on The Last Jedi, <laughs> that'll be your day. I, 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 I like The Last Jedi. Can I just see? Say, so. See? <laughs> and, that's, and that's great, Darren. Nobody asked. <laughs> um... But actually, just to, uh, one thing to note, though, is that JJ is actually very salty about that movie. Yeah, because he, it's good. He had a pre- I think he was, I don't know if they were considering him for a script, but he had written a script mm. for it. I didn't that know got, this, actually. That I'm got sure pasted it was over. wonderful. Yeah. But anyway, The Last Jedi was contentious. <laughs> Not Last, oh, Last Jedi. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Last Jedi. Um, and there was a lot of... Uh, Opinions and feelings. Feelings. Feelings were hurt. <laughs> and so, two years down the line, they make they're trying to wrap up the trilogy. Uh, Ryan Johnson gets kind of scooted out the back door. There's there's an Agatha Christie novel. Go have fun. Um, <laughs> and we did. No, oh, wonderful. and he did. They're no, wonderful, yeah. exceptional movies. Yeah. Um, and so they bring JJ back to try to tie it all back together. Kian. Rise okay. of Skywalker. Uh, Rise of Skywalker. Now, this is, is going to sound weird. Remember we I, bingo cards on the show? That was right, yeah. We did actually do prediction bingo uh, for the Rise of Skywalker. We were kind of got like two we thirds of them right. We were spot on. The whole yeah, card yeah, was yeah. like bang on. Uh, yeah. we, did, we predicted Baby Yoda being it. We were wrong. Uh, so basically, um, this what i when I'll he say, was still Baby Yoda and not Grogu because he hadn't named him yet. Look, if Pedro yeah. Pascal calls him Baby Yoda, I'm calling him Baby Yoda. That's fair. So, uh, what I'll say about Rise of Skywalker is, before we get into the meat of the film, is that... I think it's, even though it's not his best film, it's J.J. Abrams' biggest achievement for what it had to do. Because basically looking into this... Interjection. Uh, achievement is doing a lot of heavy lifting. Yeah, I, will, I, mean. I have pages. Um, <laughs> so, basically, here's the situation. When you look at Rise of Skywalker and all the fallout from Last Jedi and all that kind of stuff, it's very similar to that of Peter Jackson on The Hobbit, which is that... Uh, basically, um, what are you director- talking about? Hang the on. Hobbit is good. You, but no, no, the Hobbit you, is you, a good, you, 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 good, you, you, a good text. There's a story Dara, in it. Dara, Dara, no, it's no, it's Keen's turn. No, Dara. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, now I say that in the Was sense the Hobbit that spoiled on Fortnite. Sorry. <laughs> oh my I god. I will confiscate your mics. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean that in the sense that on The Hobbit, love it or hate it, what was supposed to happen originally was Guillermo del Toro was supposed to do two. He did two or three years of pre-production and then they threw him out at the last minute and Peter Jackson had to essentially make The Hobbit trilogy while writing them and just like make stuff up on the day and film it. And there's lots of evidence about that. Now, looking at, uh, I've got the director's name here, Colin Trevorrow's script, leaked script for Star Wars 9. There's loads of things. Now, you can debate whether that would have worked or not. What I will say, because you brought up the character interactions, in it, uh, Poe uh, po and Rey were supposed to fall in love in a really, like, kind of Jurassic Parky way where they, like, always argue, but they like each other. And, like, they, what was it? Hux was supposed to, like, overthrow Kylo and Kylo's supposed to come a row. Loads of weird stuff. Very Jurassic worldy. Anyway, that gets thrown out super last minute. J.J. Abrams is brought in with like a year and a half to both write and make the film 
and not only do that, make a film that satisfies the people who like The Last Jedi, people who hate The Last Jedi, people who just want a Star Wars movie, people who want Disney to make money. And he's got a year and a half to do this, and he does a script, and then they go, actually, no, take Matt Smith out. There's, it's allegedly gone through, like, four different cuts. So I think J.J. Abrams' thing, whenever you watch a J.J. Abrams film, is he's really good at kind of doing crowd-pleasing things. He's really good at giving you a film that you enjoy and makes everyone happy by the end. You can argue the bigger implications of where do we go from here, but as a filmmaker, that's something he does. And I think somehow having Star Wars 9 after Star Wars 8 not be the biggest internet trash fire based on one side or the other is a technical achievement. He manages to wrap up everything. He manages to make Disney happy. And even though you can argue, oh, the characters didn't really go anywhere, it does feel like he wrapped up all the different things that contradicted each other. And it's still like got good action. It's got good visual effects, got good character stuff. Uh, I'm just going to my notes now, see if there's any nice other things. Like, and yeah, essentially the vibe I get, again, comparing to The Hobbit, is that he made this in a hurry and it still turned out pretty good, which I mean, look, it's easy to be great when everything's working for you. It's really hard to be good when everything's against you. And even stepping in to pick up the ball after The Last Jedi was an act of good faith for the franchise, in my opinion. So I think he deserves a lot of respect for Rise of Skywalker. So you think it, it had a largely positive outcome, considering he was just given a poison chalice? Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, I've looked into interviews on this, and like nine months before it comes out, he goes, we have a script. Oof. And you go, oh, you poor boy. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, Grant, thanks so much, Keen. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, Keen, I'm always impressed by your ability to see the good in everything. Thank you. Particularly when, okay. I know it's Again, not a compliment, but thank you. Dara, I need to emphasize, we are on a fire. I know. <laughs> There's a line and a plot point in this movie that was not only revealed in Fortnite, but they literally say, somehow Palpatine has returned. He was effectively nuked into little bits. Somehow comes back. In the EU, at least they explain it. He had a loads of clones and he put a soul into it. Didn't Darth Maul come back with robot legs after he wasn't falling nuked. down a pit? He wasn't into little bits. He just he fell down an elevator. He just fell down a shaft. Oh, I not see. That big of a deal. Half, right. Yeah, he okay. was cut in half. <laughs> so We're not talking about that's, that. Hold <laughs> on, that's where we start. Right. This movie starts off already in process on mm. Fortnite. Okay. There is no character work. No one grows here, except for Kylo Ren, who, for some reason, even though it was revealed to him, hey, your entire life you've been lied to and manipulated by me, but um, still want to be buds? I have spaceships. <laughs> yes. And then he goes off and is evil for a little bit, and then gets stabbed, brings his girlfriend back, who's not really his girlfriend, to kiss, and then... Yes, Kylo Ren, famously good at making decisions. Never says... and you had your turn. <laughs> never says anything again for the rest of the movie, except for where he's like... Ugh! And that's about it. So that's some great character work. Uh, Poe and Finn, they actually do get some character work, but it's so offhand and slight and last minute that it doesn't really matter. Um, our big bad literally undoes the entire Star Wars saga. So everything Vader went through, everything Darth Vader went through did not matter. And the reason why it didn't matter is because it was undone for no payoff. There was no reason. Sidious coming back, it didn't influence the story at all. It was literally just, oh, we need someone because we've messed up Kylo Ren. Um, and also, even like looking at some of the stuff that JJ set up earlier on in episode seven, which was never ranced up. I know um, Rian Johnson threw out some stuff, but even the Knights of Ren. Someone named for me a Knights of Ren. I have 50 euro in my wallet. <laughs> name for me a Knights of Ren. Come on, who's a Star Wars fan? The, the Stormtrooper Storm says they're there, badass. There's nine. No? Grumpy, sleepy, angry. <laughs> I, I can't either. Force because, user. No, I can't, I can't eat. Okay, here, I'll do one better. Can someone name for me a weapon they use? The axe thing. What's it called? 
The axe thing. <laughs> you see, that's how immemorable they are. I wouldn't be surprised if the actual production notes said axe thing. <laughs> no, no, no. I have the visual novel. It's actually called okay. something else. Um, but like, the thing about it is, that's what I mean. Everything that was set up didn't matter. And that's the problem. We never really get an answer as to why, uh, wh- where Yoda was. You know, the whole thing burned, the, the whole Jedi Academy burned down. He was just chilling randomly, shows up and goes, hey man, it's like, where were you for the past 20 years? He was a ghost. They show up, you couldn't get rid of Obi-Wan Kenobi. He was around all the time. Um, but that's what I mean. Like there was just these random kind of platitudes. And then the actual story itself was a fetch quest. You guys know what a fetch quest is, don't you? In a video game where you're like, go to thing, go to thing. Why? Like, I'll, I'll tell you why. Okay, hold on, trying hold on. To, all, right, second, all right, You said why? So in, 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 the, in the night movie, what planet is Kylo Ren on? Does anyone know? Mustafar. Yeah, it's Mustafar with trees for some reason. Never explained. Planets are big. <laughs> it's a lava planet. It's a big planet. <laughs> no, no, interjection. The planets in Star Wars do typically just have like yeah, one body. Fair enough. They they do, and yeah. this is what I mean. There's no like establishment shot. There's no real point. And probably a lot of that is because of the seven cuts that, that exists in that movie. There's a George Lucas cut, which apparently is quite good. Um, but it's just a mess. And the thing about that movie is, yeah, it's a poison chalice, but it's a pointless poison chalice. If they had it just kept it consistent where it was like one major thing to tie up any of these loose ends, even if it had been, you know, we need to go get such thing as a group, they split them up again for no reason. And everything that was established in Seven Wait, has... Wait, when do they split them up? They, they go on different missions. No, they don't. They're on the Falcon together for like two thirds of it. The whole Kylo Ren thing is completely random and breaks them up. And Leia dies off screen. Well, she was dead. I know, but why was she in the movie in the first place? There's these things that are set up that have no reason to be. If they had have had some kind of consistent plan, they could have had these uh, plot points laid out a lot sooner, a lot better. For a point, he, the thing about J.J. Abrams, and he does this with everything, he has good ideas, has no idea how to structure them, puts them in at the worst possible points or pays them off at the last minute. And the thing about it is, you can, with Alias, you can do it with a 12-series TV show where you have time. You can't do it with three movies. Star Wars never ended on a cliffhanger. Episode, um, Empire isn't a cliffhanger. It's, mm. it, that's resolved um, before somebody gets in there. Um, it, and that's the problem. It, it, he just wasn't the right... Maybe to direct it as a visual director, kind of like... Um, uh, Zack Snyder, right? Oh, Zack you're, Snyder, oh okay. you're comparing Zack Snyder. Oh, no, hold on, Z- no, no, Zack Snyder's an incredible visual storyteller. That's it. Do I not, feel like do, my work's been done for do, me. No, no, do not let him write anything. That's the problem. Um, okay, I will have to... We, we are running up on time. I know we are. I'm yeah. going to have to cut okay, up. Okay, let, let, let me finish the point. Let me point. What I'll say is, um, the, the, the proof is in the pudding here. The Star Wars franchise is pretty much dead, uh, except for Space Baby. If it wasn't for Space Baby and Space Daddy, that would be it. You guys wouldn't, you know, Star Wars wouldn't exist. You want proof of, go over to Disneyland Paris. I've been there twice in the past year. Nobody's in the Star Wars section. Yeah, but Star Wars also wouldn't exist without J.J. Abrams. That's not true. Okay, Hold on, just to finish that. Star Wars existed without movies for like, tw- what, 20 years? Where it was games, books, everything else. Star Wars doesn't need movies. As I said, the best Star Wars media is Knights of the Republic. And if you haven't played it, Go home but and this play is, it. And now, okay, now, now you're done. No, now I'm done. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. bringing KOTOR you, back. You, 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 you've had a significant amount of time. Okay. I know, bef- I know. Before we kind of get our, our, our final verdicts, um, let's just kind of like, let's just have a kind of a brief talk about like where Star Wars is since 2019. Fair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Because I think, like we talk a lot of hullabaloo because right after that, you know, there was a lot of bad faith because of general criticisms. As Dara mentioned, The Mandalorian really took a lot of that back. Well, and it's been I, a kind of yeah. a rocky road yeah. since. The Mandalorian came out before Star Wars 9, though, which gives me the impression it was slightly thrown, thrown under the bus. Listen, 2020's thrown my clock fair off. Enough, fair enough, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, no, no, the Mandalorian came out like three months before Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. why we thought they were going to shoehorn Grogu in. But they did shoehorn in that stupid Force heal, which never existed in Star Wars yeah. until... Ray somehow yeah, learned but, it. But yeah. looking at kind of like the releases from, like kind of so far from it, um, you know, Mando was fairly critically based. Book of Boba Fett was... Uh, <laughs> I like ro- it. Rocky, generally yeah. speaking, though. Um, and what's... Like, that? this is the thing. I, I think Obi-Wan was like well-received, but nobody watched it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I watched it. It was so good. <laughs> 
Um, so like Star Wars, uh, Star Trek's been on kind of a rocky path. So we're running up on time. General kind of idea. Do we feel that J.J. Abrams' input to the Star Wars franchise was a net positive in today, today, today of 2023? Show of hands, yes. Do you think, yeah. Uh, 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 like Listening to yeah. us, listening to all we've said, the rocky roads he's had to climb to get here, yeah. do we think he, he's, his influence was a net and positive? Hold on, I, w- I just want to say that. Uh, he, he, he had, had plenty oh, no, of no, time. No, no. He wasn't doing this because he loves Star Wars. He did it because they gave him a dumb truck full of money. Can we I just say, we, like, hey, hey, no, you, you have plenty badly. now. No, we you've had plenty now. Dar, 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 dar. Yeah. Okay, Order. Now, motives, motives, motives yeah, beside. Yeah. And crucially, we should say, would Star Wars have been better if Abrams hadn't been involved yeah. as well? Yeah, show hands. Yeah. So, okay, how about this? So, hold on. Would Star Wars have been better if someone like Jon Favreau have to, uh, uh, start. No, no, or, no, 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 that's no, not no, that's no, money no, in the no, no, no. I'm no, looking for it. simple questions here. That's fair, okay. I've got my green sticker up here. All right. Show of hands, do you think J.J. James was a net positive on Star Wars? As you go, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, I'd say. Red sticker, do we think J.J. Abrams was a net negative on Star Wars? One, two, three, four, five, six. That's seven. a pretty that's hung a, jury. That's yeah. a tie. That's a tie. Okay. That's well, tie. okay, let's 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 go for a tiebreaker. Bail of blue. Um while I do think that the projects he was involved in weren't great. Um this is basically me going off the first twenty minutes of episode seven (laughs) i think that it was kind of going downhill anyway and they kind of made him captain of a sinking ship and he did the best he could with what he had so i would vote for not guilty ah okay not not guilty with a pretty negative kind of outcome negative connotations but it's not it's not completely his fault yeah okay just well, mostly. it is the ruling of this court and this judge that J.J. Abrams is sentenced to not guilty with a big old asterisk and sentenced... <laughs> what, community service? And sentenced, to sit, and sentenced to sit in a pretty uncomfortable chair for about an hour. <laughs> community service, at least getting George Lucas coffee. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. Yeah, no, that being, being George yeah, Lucas' yeah, yeah. best boy. Oh, okay. Thank you all for coming. Yeah. We have been Nerd to Know Media. You can find us all on all of our socials. Please take a card. They have a link. They have a QR code to our link tree. Uh, we are on Phoenix 92.5 FM in the Blanchetown area on Saturdays at 5, I believe. And there's yeah. no media. And there's no media on all social Spotify feeds. Um, yeah, this, this a, panel have, has been recorded and will actually go out on the radio next week. So if you want to hear your contributions or your votes, you'll be able to listen to that or find it online, I believe. Yeah, you? we also yeah, have yeah. like 180 shows. So I mean, there's plenty and, more of this. And they don't, let me, ta- and, busy. And they don't <laughs> let me talk about Star Wars for this reason. So they, they this usually end up talking about Star Wars. Yeah, but you, yeah. you know, you're getting better though. It shut me down really, really quick. So the therapy's working. <laughs> Perfect. Once again, thank you all for coming. Enjoy your day, and thank Thanks, you guys. so much. Thank we you very much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. And crucially, enjoy weekend at Comic Con. We were thrilled to be one of the first ones launching it. And check out Octacon after us. Alright, so you're listening to the podcast, you're like, hey, I'm not in Ireland, how do I get in touch? Well, TuneIn has you covered. That's how you can check us out live when we're on the radio. Um, you go to TuneIn and download the app, or you can check out the live streams on nerdthnowmedia.com or phoenix92.5fm. If you want to get in contact with us, it's very easy. Media everywhere. Media on Twitter. Media Instagram. Media on Twitch. Media at gmail.com if you want to reach out via email. Hope to hear from you soon. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. 